All right. Glad you guys are here. If you're ready, say, I am. I am. Okay, good. Let's kill those lights so we can go to sleep. Boom. <laughs> awesome. It's good to have some uh, clubs with us today. The Christians are in the house. Thank you, get brothers, for coming to join us today. It's awesome. Good to have you guys with us. I love that their leader said they're going to raffle a bike off before we leave here today. So I just need to pick one. <laughs> Pick one. They can ride doubles on the way back to Dallas today. That'd be cute, wouldn't it? But glad you guys are here. I love, love having some brothers in the house. Hey, just let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your presence. We don't have to beg or plead for you to come. You, you said you would never leave us or forsake us, so you're with us today. Have you felt the presence of the Lord yet? You're with us. And so the prayer is right now that we would be fully open to what your spirit wants to do. That we would not uh, uh, be overtaken with distractions, but that we just dial in right now to the work of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. In the book of John, specifically in chapters 14 and 16, Jesus begins to unpack for his disciples these 12 men that have been walking around with him for three years hearing him teach and preach and seeing him perform miracle after miracle, he begins to share with these 12 that his time here on earth physically would be coming to an end. But he, he begins to share with them that although physically he would no longer be with them, that he was going to send someone, the Father in heaven would send another, an advocate, a counselor, someone who would continue to, to work through them for even greater things to be accomplished. Of course, we know that this is the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 14, after Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, we know that over the course of about some 40 days, 100 different times, a resurrected Jesus comes back and he reveals himself to people, basically saying, I'm back, <laughs> I'm alive. What the Romans thought they could end, oh no, it's only getting started. Are you with me? Yeah. And so, uh, and, and he instructs his disciples to, to go to Jerusalem and to wait because this gift or this one that he promised that he would send them would, would, would meet them there in, in Jerusalem. Jesus promised his disciples that when he left, he would send them this very special gift of God's Holy Spirit. And, and, and so they went to Jerusalem and they waited for this gift. They, they, they were waiting for it. Can you imagine some gift that's better than Jesus, right? I, I mean, I don't know. That's pretty cool. But, but there, there, there was a gift that would, be, that would come up on them. There would be someone that would come. And so we looked at last week that in Acts chapter 1 that they go to Jerusalem and they begin to wait. And I love how Luke, Luke writes the book of Acts. He also wrote the book of, well, Luke, because it's, it's a book in the Bible. Luke was a physician uh, and he writes this book of Acts. It would probably be better known as the Acts of the Apostles because when you read the book of Acts, what you're gonna find is after this Holy Spirit comes upon them, the things that they were able to accomplish and do under the authority and power of God himself in them. And in, in, in Acts chapter one, it says that once he was eating with them, again, he's commanding them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you this gift 
that he promised, as I told you before. And then I love this verse in verse chapter five. Jesus says this to them. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And as we looked at last week in verse eight, he says that you will receive power when what comes upon you? The Holy Spirit. There, there, as we talked about last week, to me, there, there, to me, there was no mistaking that these, these disciples already had the Spirit of God in them. That, that there was a work that God had, had been doing through them for three years. All right, they, they were unlike any other men on the earth because I believe that, 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 that God was working through them and using them to do great and awesome things. I mean, they left their families, they left their jobs, they left everything in order to follow Jesus. The spirit had already been at work in them. But yet in, in, in the book of Acts, what we find is Jesus saying, there's a greater power, there's a, there's a fresh filling, there's a new anointing that I have for you. It's, it's a gift and, and, and you guys are gonna be able to do greater things in the days to come. In Acts chapter one, beginning in verse 12, we, we read that the disciples go to Jerusalem as Jesus had instructed them to do. They're, they're waiting there. They, they, they're together. And, and I love what it says. It says they're praying with all the believers. Praying was the key here. That they were praying. It said that there were about 120 of them at this time, okay? And it says that they were praying. Hey, that is the answer that I think our world needs. We need prayer. Listen, the answer for the world is not the return of Jesus, but prayer. You see, if Jesus were to return right now, there would be many that would be doomed in an eternity called hell because they don't know our Savior. I'm not praying for that. I'm praying that everyone would have an opportunity to hear the life-changing story of Jesus Christ. Are you with me there? And, and I love the posture of these, these disciples, these believers, 120 of them in Acts. They're together and they're praying. They're praying for this gift. They're praying for this power that, that Jesus says that he's going to give them. Now, about a week later, all the Jewish people in, in the world are, are celebrating something called the Feast of Weeks. In the Hebrew, it is the Shavuot, Shavuot, okay? It's a celebration in which God had commanded the children of Israel to celebrate every year. It was the anniversary of the day in which Moses received the Ten Commandments from God. And Shavuot happened seven weeks or 50 days after another celebration called Passover, God said early on that his people should celebrate this day for, with, with special offerings. And, and I also love this part, with no work. Come on, somebody. That was a reason to come right there, right? We need to bring back some Shavuot, amen? Would you agree with me? No work and special offerings. And, and here's the deal, no matter where they lived, the Jewish people were to come celebrate the feast. Now, we call it today Pentecost. That means 50th, the 50th day. But Jewish people were to gather in Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. And, and they would travel for days, some for weeks, in order to get to Jerusalem. And in Acts chapter 2, we, we, we read in verse 5, it says, At this time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. Now, I want you to think of a country right now that speaks a foreign language. So maybe like Oklahoma, okay? Um, somewhere, 
You just knew I had to say that. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, where was I? Yes, I need a pill right now. Um, imagine the city of Jerusalem. At that time, every known nation of the world has Jewish people represented in this city of, of Jerusalem. I mean, think about all the different languages that would have been represented there during this time known as, as Pentecost. Uh, I, I used this phrase earlier this morning to, to kind of wow and impress the congregation because I knew that no one would know what it means. However, there was a missionary from Africa that knew exactly what I said. I said, Mukama Yebesewe. And he said, Amina. I meant praise the Lord. And he said, Amen. So uh, it ruined that illustration completely. But, but I want you just to think of a foreign language right now. For some of you, English is foreign, right? We can tell by your math, your, your, your grades and your skills. But, but, uh, uh, but, but, but think of, can you imagine all the different languages represented during Pentecost? Okay. Now, I want to share with you something incredible that happens when all of these Jewish people are gathered in Jerusalem here in Acts chapter 2. I want us to look and see how the Holy Spirit of God fell and what he did on this Pentecost day like none other. In verse 1, it says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were together in one place. How many of them were there? 120, right? Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. They began speaking in other known languages. Now remember, the city of Jerusalem is filled with Jewish people from all parts of the world. Every country known at that time. So many different languages represented here. And the Holy Spirit of God falls upon the believers in Acts chapter 2. And they begin to speak in all these other languages. That was a Pentecost like none other. Uh, there, there were probably Jewish people that had been coming for years and years and years all their life and they've come for this celebration, but this one was something like they never experienced before. In Acts chapter two, it says there was a really loud sound like a strong wind. Hey, where do you think that wind came from? Came from heaven, didn't it, right? Wind is one of those things that just as we have a dove representative of the Holy Spirit on the wall behind us today, wind was also a symbol for God's spirit in the Bible, in the Hebrew and in the Greek languages, the word for spirit and wind are actually the same. It's that word ruach, ruach, right? The believers heard something that sounded like a strong wind. But it also says in Acts chapter two, at this Pentecost moment like none other, that they saw a sight that no one had ever seen before. It looked like tongues of fire. Now, it was not fire, but it looked something like fire. And it's interesting to me when you read about it in Acts chapter 2, that, that the flames looked like tongues. Tongues. Well, what do we know about the tongue? Well, our tongues are what allow us to speak, Correct? And you know that with your tongue, you can build people up or you can tear them down, can't you? Right? 
and, 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 and shame on us if we tear people down. It's some, that, that tongue, man, it can, it can get us in trouble, but it can also be an incredible instrument of praise, much like what you guys have been offering today. But, but I love what, what these tongues also represented here in Acts chapter two, this, this, this what looked like flames of tongues. These, these tongues, they begin to, to, to give utterance to these languages of people represented here in Jerusalem. These tongues changed the way these believers were able to speak. The Holy Spirit fell in such a way that, 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 that they were able to speak in these understandable languages from these Jewish people that had gathered from all corners of the world. It changed the way that the believers began to speak. Paul would go on later in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, and he said, My message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, it changed the way that they begin to speak. This, this, this Holy Spirit moment began to change the way not only they spoke, but the way they began to minister. This loud sound. Some have oftentimes associated with, with, with that sound of a, that a tornado might make. You know, it kind of sounds like a freight train coming. Whatever it sounded like, it was pretty incredible. Would you agree with me? In fact, I love what it says in Scripture. It says that the people outside of the house could hear it. That loud sound, that, 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 that sound, other people, be, it wasn't just for the ones, other people in the city began to hear it and people came running to see what was happening. I, I love that. And, 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 and it just reminded me that when the Holy Spirit falls, people are attracted to it. They are, they are. When the Jews, it says here, who were visiting from the other countries arrived at this house where, where the disciples were, they could hear every different language being spoken. Can you imagine how crazy that must have sounded to them? Can you imagine how amazed that, that those that had traveled from other countries, they traveled to Jerusalem and there's someone there speaking their language? And they knew that these disciples who were, who were uttering and speaking, they, they knew that they were all from, from Galilee. It, it would be virtually impossible for them to know all the languages of the world represented there. Ah, uh, but what had happened? The Holy Spirit had shown up. And the Holy Spirit filled these men. And it was through the power of God's Holy Spirit that these men could do the impossible. Wow, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It was through the power of the God's Holy Spirit that these men could do what was impossible. Now, I, I, if I would have been there that day, I, I probably would have been like some of the, the other Jews that maybe called Jerusalem home and, and lived there. I, I would probably want to know more about this miracle and what was happening there as well. In fact, it says in verse two or 12 that, that they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they ask each other. They, they, they wanted to know, how, how is it that these Galileans can, can speak in understandable languages? I, I come from a great distance. I come from, from across the, uh, uh, from a, the border, another country, but yet I hear you speaking my language. I had an opportunity to meet uh, 
Pastor Emmanuel, he's here. He's the pastor. I just met him Friday from, from India. And uh, right here, Pastor Emmanuel, thank you for being here with us today. And <clears throat> he speaks good English, and I can understand him, but there was a time or two in which he began to speak in his native tongue, and I'm going, I don't understand that, right? Doesn't make it wrong, but these, these, these Galileans are speaking understandable languages, but yet we also know that there were some skeptics. Did we not just say here today that the skeptics kind of, Brianna said, fall away? Because you know, there were skeptics there in the city that day. There were some Jews who lived in that area and, 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 and they didn't understand the foreign languages that, that the Spirit had given to, to, to the apostles. They, 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 in fact, it says they thought the disciples were just acting so foolishly. They, they, they thought they were drunk. You ever been around drunk people? They can act crazy, can't they? And sometimes there's just, a, that's what the Jews who lived in Jerusalem were thinking. These guys are just drunk. They're, they're, they're acting foolish. In fact, it says in verse 13, others in the crowd begin to ridicule them saying, they're just drunk. That's all it is. Guys, can I just remind you of something about the workings of the Holy Spirit? When the Holy Spirit truly falls on a place and when the Holy Spirit falls on a people, when, when incredible, miraculous things take place, listen, there will always be a mixed reaction to the miracles of God. There will. There will be some people that will believe it. There will be some who, who just as we read in Acts 2, are drawn to it and they want to know more. But then there will also be those that simply do not believe. That, that wasn't a problem in Acts 2. That's still a problem today, isn't it? There are some people that see something miraculous take place, and, 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 and some believe it. Some want to know more, and some just, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I'm just reminded that, that it's sad, but not, not everyone you know will choose to believe the truth of Jesus. We've been making a statement over these last few weeks as we've been talking about the Holy Spirit that I that I think is just so important for us to keep in mind that just because you have not experienced something does not make it not real. Just because you have not experienced something does not make it not real. Jesus had promised that the Holy Spirit would come. The disciples are waiting with the other believers for it to fall. And in Acts chapter two, we read about the Holy Spirit baptizing the apostles. They're consumed with a new fire. There is a new passionate, relentless drive within them. And I love in Acts chapter two that we find a man by the name of Peter. Now you remember Peter, don't you? Remember Peter that lops off the ear of Malchus in the garden when they come to arrest Jesus? This Peter in Acts chapter two uses this opportunity to begin to preach the truth about Jesus to a large crowd that, that, that has gathered. Now, now, now remember, this was the same Peter who, who not only lops off the ear of a soldier, but he's the same Peter that, that would then leave that garden and begin to be, he was frightened by the questions of a young girl. Hey, excuse me, sir, but... Aren't you associated with this Jesus of Nazareth? I, I think I've seen you. No, no, little girl, you, you, you've made a mistake. That's, that's not me. Yeah, that's the same Peter. 
It's the same Peter that, 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 that would deny Christ those three times the night of his crucifixion, right? The night before his crucifixion. What we find that there's something miraculous that takes place in this Peter's life in Acts 2. Peter stands up and he begins to preach a message in front of thousands of people telling them the message of Jesus Christ. Now, now, now I, people are beginning to hear. Remember it says that they, 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 they heard what sounded like a freight train or a tornado or a rushing wind. When Peter begins to preach this message, I, I believe that they are probably gathered, not, not in a room because you're gonna see that there's about 3,000 people that received the message of Jesus. I, I believe that they're in an area of Jerusalem that is known as the Southern Steps. In, in fact, in, 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 in the Greek and Hebrew, when, when they talk about a house, that could also be talking about the house of God or the Mount of God where the temple is. And, 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 and if you've ever been to Jerusalem, you know that it would be impossible to get 3,000 in, in a room anywhere. The, the rooms are small. The, the, the streets are narrow. So I, I believe that Peter's preaching this incredible message in Acts chapter 2 in an area just outside the city or right there leading into the city known as the Southern Steps. If you go to Israel with me, I'll take you there and I'll show you. It's probably the same place also where Jesus healed the blind man. That this would have been the area in which Jewish people would make their entrance into the, the house of God, the, the city of God, the mikvahs, these ceremonial cleansing baths. There were, there were many of them represented there because they had to purify themselves walking down into the water and walking out before they could enter the house of God, right? And so I believe it's on these the southern steps, Bruce, that Peter's preaching this message. And he preaches with confidence and a boldness. Keep in mind, just just. 50 days earlier, he had denied Jesus. And now something has overtaken him where he's preaching with a new boldness and fervor. He tells everyone in the crowd to, to repent of their sins and seek forgiveness by believing in Jesus. How was he now able to do this? It's easy. He'd received God's Holy Spirit. This new anointing, this new filling had fallen on him. And what was the result of that message? It says in Acts chapter two, verse 41, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Would you agree that's a pretty powerful sermon? That's, that's incredible. In fact, when Peter spoke the words that day, 3,000. Guys, that, that is, I did some research. That would be every student at Geneva and combine that with both Bernie and Champion High Schools saying yes to Jesus Christ at the same time. Now, now let me just, hey, let's just go there. Do we believe that that could happen again? Yeah. Come on, somebody. What an incredible sermon. People putting their faith in Christ. The church is growing. This is beginning of the body of Christ, the church, the beginning of God's work, his kingdom here on earth. Man, I am praying for an outpouring of the spirit just like that. An unleashing of the spirit in a radical way on individuals and on the church. Hey, it was needed in Acts 
so that the apostles and the believers could continue telling this story of Jesus Christ and doing even greater things. And I'm telling you, it's still needed today. Do you know that the Spirit of God is at work in this house? I, I, wanna, I wanna share, Can I, I've got my phone, because I wanna share with you something that, that I received um, last Sunday. Uh, and it was actually something um, that, that um, a young lady that sings in our worship team sent me. And, uh, and, and I think I have an image of, of something. Just Can we throw that image up on the screen today, guys? Uh, as, I, as I read, just, yeah, there we go, just, just leave that there. Now, I want to I read to you this, that what, what God was showing someone in this house. Okay, I got to blow it up. Here's what she writes. She said, I, dear, this is during the service last week. So I, I first looked and I saw a puddle on the floor underneath Pastor Jason's feet where he stood preaching. Then I thought, where, where is that water coming from? All of a sudden, my vision began to expand, and, and I realized that the entire floor of the stage and the sanctuary floor was flooded with a slight layer of water. I could see the water rising, but, but I know in my heart that it was, in fact, rising. Droplets of water were descending from all over the ceiling, adding to the water on the floor. Then as I looked on and I searched for other things, I saw the water turn to deep blue and gold. The beauty was stunning. I heard the Holy Spirit tell me that the picture I saw now had, had always been there and that I just wasn't searching deeper when I saw that first picture of the water. And when I desired to reach for more, that is when he revealed and allowed me to see a more beautiful picture. As I continued to look on, a drop of blue liquid coming from the ceiling hit Pastor Jason on his forehead. The, the droplet quickly rolled all the way down his face, down his torso, and down his right leg till it joined the liquid on the floor. The trail left behind from the droplet began to glow with high intensity. The glow saturated his skin and seemed to come alive as Pastor Jason spoke to the congregation. It's the Holy Spirit of God moving and changing things, revealing himself to people. I'm just wondering if he could do even greater things than we read about in Acts. I want to tell you about something that has taken place in my life. And I've, you need to understand something about me that, that, that I have, I, I'm 48 years old. I know I'd look a lot younger, but um, as long as I can remember, I have grown up in the church. And I've heard story after story. I've read this book from cover to cover. I, I know songs, I, 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 I've just, I, that's all, I've just known church. Does that make sense to you? I, I, I've not always been a Christian, but I've always been in church. Did you just hear what I said? I've not always been a Christian, but I've always been in church. But around the age of nine years old, I gave my life to Jesus Christ and became a Christian. I know some stuff about God and the Bible, right? I've been educated in Christian schools. And I've learned more and more. I, I've been in the ministry full time for 28 years. I've been in some great conferences and I've been in great camp experiences with, with students in which I know that I've been in the presence of God. And I, I would hope that somehow over 28 years that, that it's been evident that the spirit of God has been at work in my life and, and he's hopefully just touched someone else's life along the way. 
But two weeks ago, there's something that took place in my life that I've never experienced before on such a level that has literally changed me. Can I tell you my story? This is my story. This is my story. I went to a conference a couple of weeks ago and we had about, oh, 20 various people of our church that were attending this conference. I wasn't scheduled to go to the conference. I, I was gonna be out of town, but God had other plans. And I went to a conference. I made an afternoon session on, on a Thursday and, 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 and loved it, was ministered to. And I said, hey, Angie, we, we, we've got to go. I want to take you somewhere on Friday. And so Angie goes with me on Friday and, and we walk into this conference. We get there during a break. And so I immediately go to the bookstore because there's also a coffee shop there that have muffins. And if you know anything about me, I'm going to find that place. Amen. And I walk into the door and and, and, and the, immediately we're greeted by someone there at the conference and this gentleman's drinking a cup of coffee and I'm thinking, I gotta have me some of that. And, and I feel like this gentleman spills his coffee on me. And so I begin to look, I'm wearing khakis that day and I look good. I'm wearing these khakis and I'm looking for like, he's going, are you okay? I say, I'm sorry, I thought you spilled your coffee on me. My leg is on fire. My leg is on fire. So we go into the conference session and, and I'm squirming in the, in the chair, not because I'm convicted by what the speaker's saying, although it was awesome, but man, my leg is on fire and I can't find what's happening. I lean over to Angie and say, man, my leg is on fire. I'm immediately thinking, am, am, is it stroke-like symptoms again? What's going on? I don't know. During the break, I get up and I shake it off because Phillips, that's what you do. Shake it off. Let's go, Brown. Shake it off, kid. Let's go. Can't shake the fire in my leg share it with a couple of people that are with us there. And, and one of our gentlemen says, hmm. And I go and I sit down for the next conference. The speaker comes up. It's a gentleman that has a similar background as I do. Raised in a church that I was raised in and, and going to, to similar Christian institutions that I was trained in as well. And he begins to share with me about a greater anointing, a greater filling of the Spirit. Now you need to know something. I have been on a quest for, for a long time, for literally for years, about what does it mean to walk in the fullness of the Spirit and, and what does it mean to receive either, even greater doses and amounts of the Spirit of God. But particularly for the last three to four months, it has been an incredible pursuit I've had. And, and, and let me remind you, listen, what does God do when you seek after him? He fills you, doesn't he? God's not a forcer. He's a, a filler. This gentleman began to speak about this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I understood baptism. I understood that at the age of nine, I said yes to Jesus. The Spirit of God came into my life, and I was baptized in water. Do you remember what Jesus said in Acts 1-5? John baptizes in water, but I'm about to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I had the Spirit of God in me. I've been ministering for Pete's sake for 28 years in the church. But something happened to me two and a half weeks ago. It messed me up in a good way. The speaker began to speak about this baptism of the Spirit. And I love some of the things he said. One of which he said is, hey, listen, we need to be careful about keeping God in a box. And that's what we do a lot of times when it comes to the working 
of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of the Holy Spirit is, is we as humans like to figure things out, don't we? we? We like to be able to wrap our minds around something and say, ah, oh, that's how that works. You can Google anything today on YouTube and figure out how to, you know, the, there's a reason the Maytag man is the loneliest man in the world because we know how to fix his machines these days by watching a video. But when it comes to the Spirit of God, you just can't figure it out. He's not a spirit that can be boxed in. And I began to open my life up that day as that gentleman began to speak. He began to share with me about things that, that, that I had been told all my life. Things like in order to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, that means that you must speak in tongues. He said, that's not true. See, the Holy Spirit gives the gift of the Spirit. Man doesn't. And the Holy Spirit comes upon a person in, in whatever way he sees fitting. Now, tongues might be an evidence of that. And it could happen. And there are many of us in this room that have that. I believe that. Amen. And then he began to share this. He said, today, we're going to ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, okay, I've been in those situations before. I've stood up and somebody challenged me to pray hard for 45 minutes. Let's just go for it. I've been in those situations before. And I've been in situations where I've seen, absolutely. But there was something stirring within me. Keep in mind, this leg is on fire. The gentleman said things like this. He said, you know, when you are experiencing this baptism of the Holy Spirit, there might be some things take place in your life. He said, you, 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 might, um, you, you might start shaking uncontrollably. He, he said, for some, there's going to be this spirit of joy and, and there might be laughter break out in the room. For some, there might be a spirit of praise. For, for others, you, you, you might start crying uncontrollably. For some of you, there, there, there might be something in your body that almost feels like there's an electric current going through your body. And I went... He said, now I want you to do this. He said, I want everyone, much like what Pastor Chacha said, he said, I just want you to put your hands out in front of you and I just want you to just to begin to pray. And if you desire a fresh anointing, a new anointing, a greater anointing, a baptism, what if you just desire that today, just ask the Lord. He encouraged all of us at that moment to stand. We all stood up. We put our hands out and, and, and we just began to pray. And he said, in the room this size, not everybody can come forward. But, but today, I especially want to invite pastors. Remember that? If you're a pastor here today and you'd love to receive this baptism and a new, uh, this Holy Spirit anointing, I'll invite you to come today. We began to pray. And can I just tell you what took place in my life? I'm on fire here. And I'm standing like this. Boom. I can't stop it. And this wasn't a stroke. And I know that I have three girls in my house and I watch a lot of sappy Hallmark movies. But I began to cry like I've never cried before. And I couldn't stop it. 
I got people from my church here. I'm supposed to be strong. I'm a man of God. Come on, don't let them see you like this. I was wearing glasses that day and my glasses began to fill with my tears. I knew what was happening. I knew the Spirit of God was calling me. I left that chair that day and I walked down to the front. Isn't that great to see a pastor making a decision for Jesus walking to the front? And I walked down to the front and, and there wasn't music playing and it was quiet and I just began. My tongue got carried away. I began to speak and utter in a way that, listen, it just wasn't understandable. I didn't know what I was saying. I just knew that something greater than me had overtaken me. And I just began to let it go. I began to hear some ripplings of laughter in the room that day. I don't remember anything else. I, I remember at some point somebody touching me and I fell, boom, on the front of that platform, just laying like this. I don't know how long I was there, didn't matter. At some point, I got up and time ended. Angie and I left that conference and about an hour or so later, I'm like, she's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, you know, Angie, I said, I, I feel like I've been in a five round MMA with Conor McGregor. I feel depleted but it is so euphoric. I, I, I feel like everything in me is just gone. Whether that's a puddle on the floor, I don't know, but everything is gone in me and, and I just, it's good. I believe that day your pastor had a visitation from the Spirit of God that he never had before. And I believe that God gave that to me for a reason. In fact, here's what I said last week, and I don't know if you caught this, but I said this about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit is when a believer in Jesus Christ experiences extraordinary power for Christ-exalting ministry. I believe that God knew that there were greater works to take place through this house. And he had to get me in order to make it happen. Thank you, Lord. So good. This is not about me. Remember, I told you that that the litmus test for any working of the Holy Spirit, the litmus test is, is it of the Spirit? Is this, does it exalt Jesus Christ? Listen, this baptism that we read about in Acts that Jesus said he wanted to bring was not about those disciples in the church or the 3,000. They were part of that river that flowed as a result of it. But it's always been about Jesus. Church, here's what I know. Oh, I want you to experience what I've experienced. 
Again, I have had some incredible moments with the Father in 48 years. 39 of those walking with Jesus. But I'm telling you what took place two and a half weeks ago was something like I'd never experienced before. I want to ask you to stand with me today and our ministry team is going to come and make themselves available down front today. And, and I've asked the band just to kind of sing over us and us just, just be, I want to just, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And, 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 and here's the deal today. I, I'm not going to force this on anyone. I'm not, but I just simply want to issue the invitation that was issued to me that today, if you are longing and if you're hungry for more of the spirit of God, all you need to do is just maybe assume a position of ready to receive that hands out in front of you. And maybe today, just in the quietness of this moment or even out loud, just tell the Lord what you desire. Do you desire more of the spirit of God in your life? Listen, we're not talking about whether you're a Christian or not. For those of you that have said yes to Jesus, check this out. The Spirit's already in you. But I'm telling you, there's a greater anointing for you, I believe. There, There might be someone here today that's never said yes to Jesus. Hey, do you know the very first decision you need to make is to understand that Jesus loves you and he died for you and he wants to radically change your life. And maybe today you want to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. Listen, here's, I believe you can say yes to Jesus. Dave, listen, Dave, I believe a person can say yes to Jesus today and receive the baptism all at one moment. Believe that. But I just want to ask the band to sing over us. Will you receive this outpouring of the Spirit today? Would you just begin right now to ask the Lord for more of this filling? Can we in this moment just acknowledge his greatness? Can we ask him to fill us in in even greater ways for even greater works? He he, he gives life. He gives life. Let's sing that. He gives life. 